Hey y'all, welcome to Preaching the Choir podcast with your host me, Jen Randall. I'm going to level with you. I am recording this introduction before the interview even happens with this person because I could tell you most of probably what we're going to talk about before it even happens. <laughs> Today on the podcast, we are talking with my friend, Mr. Stephen Todd. Stephen was my choreographer for a number of years when I had uh, groups. He's always been my choreographer when I had groups. And uh, we're talking today about choreography life and things maybe that choreographers wish directors knew and those sorts of questions, again, that maybe you're afraid to ask a choreographer, I'm going to ask them today. So like I said, this hasn't even happened yet. And I am predicting the future and telling you that's what we're going to talk about. I can also predict the future and tell you this is going to be a long conversation. And it's probably going to be super wandering because I am super ADHD when I chat with Steven. (laughs) We get off on topics and we just get silly. So please enjoy today's very special episode of Preaching the Choir podcast with my friend, Mr. Steven Todd. Have a puppers in the background? I do. I heard. I was like, We're, is there a puppy? Yeah, it's Oliver Newton John Todd. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Oliver. He's, yeah, he's 75 pounds of crabby puppy. <laughs> is he, he actually just a puppy go... or is he like older? Oh no, he's he's 10 months old. Oh, he's an actual puppy. Yeah, so he's an actual puppy, and he was at daycare today, yeah. so he's super tired because they do nothing but swim swim in the pool. Right. They play, and they wear them out. That's what you do with, like, human daycare also, is wear them out so they'll go to bed. <laughs> I know. And then they come home, and they crash, and you're like, okay. And you're like, cool. Time Cause... is done. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, you know, pretend we don't know you and don't know your life story, although I know the answer to a lot of this, but let's pretend people don't know. And tell us about your path to becoming a show choir professional. Like, how did you end up being a show choir choreographer? Because it's not like a job that they can point to in high school and say, that's what I'm going to do, you know? At least not what I know, which that's what I was going to say. I think it's so interesting that kids now are like, I want to be a show choir choreographer. Like, that's a goal. Mm -hmm. Whereas I kind of felt, I kind of fell into it. Like, um, so I, when I was in high school in Mitchell, um, and I was in the show choir, um, mm-hmm. I, we were, st- we were student choreographed. So like right. my, so like Dwight had choreographed them in 1993, okay. had done like a couple songs for them. Mm-hmm. And then in 1994, or no, I'm sorry. 1994 is mm-hmm. when he had done a couple songs for them. Okay. And so it was my eighth grade year. I was going to say, that's and right they, before you were um, in high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and Dwight would, oh, the big competition that we would go to every year was on Alaska. <laughs> right. And that was like, it was our big, I mean, that was the trip. And it was like first competition, like the second weekend of January oh, yeah. and the paint was still wet. And <laughs> after, after that, you know, we would go to, you know, maybe another relatively big one right. or, and some local ones, you know? And so, Dwight would always work with Mitchell on Friday night at Alaska. Right. And so he would like make adjustments and do all that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. no matter what, whether he choreographed for them or not. And so 1994, he did a couple numbers for them. Okay. And 
I had seen them as an eighth grader and was like obsessed. Right. Because <laughs> they used because they used to come to all the elementary schools and then junior high and yeah. perform for us. Yeah. And um, I was just like, I have to be in that someday. I remember yeah. thinking that in fifth grade, and I knew when show choir was coming that you know in one of those mm-hmm. in one of those days. And mm-hmm. so, um, so my freshman year, so 1995, when I was a freshman, we Dwight didn't come. Something Dwight didn't come oh. to work with us. Okay. Like he didn't choreograph us at all. And so we were choreographed by. Joe Oliguerio and Amy Garten. And okay. so they were seniors when I was a freshman. And um, we went to Onalaska and worked with Dwight then. And Dwight made changes to the very beginning, the very end of the show. And I, it blew my mind. I'm like, we have to do this tomorrow. And all these changes, <laughs> like, this is crazy. You know, as a 14 year old, I had oh, no yeah. idea what was going on. And so, special um, level of terror when Dw- you're a freshman. <laughs> right. But Dwight was like super complimentary to them about how they choreographed and the, oh. the levels they were creating and okay. the visuals. Like he was super complimentary. Um, even so to the point that my freshman year, because of what he saw us perform at Alaska, he asked us to open Trevorkin for the mirror class. So oh, wow. okay. we had, yeah, so we ended up going down there and performing for Show Choir Camps America, which was like a huge deal. And Mr. Guimar was like, this is, this is like the yeah. the pinnacle. Still you a know big deal. I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's like it's a huge deal. And so um it was they watching Dwight adjust the choreography yeah. in that small clinic that we had my freshman year. Yeah. I was like, okay, who is this person? Yeah. Like because mm-hmm. I hadn't been to camp yet, and I didn't know the only show choir that I had really seen other than us mm-hmm. was really us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> like you. I hadn't, I hadn't really seen anyone because this sure. was my first on Alaska, and it was Friday yeah. night. Well, um, so we met Dwight, and he made these adjustments, and in my head they made complete sense, and yeah. I don't understand. It was like one of those moments where it was like, okay, that I understand that, I understand why he did that, and he didn't mm-hmm. explain it, but I understood why. And so the next day was we get on the bus, you know, from the hotel, okay. we go to Onalaska and we're, you know, required to watch certain groups, you Great. know, yes. and, you know, on the schedule, yes. you can't be in the homeroom laying around. <laughs> and of course I was there and I remember exactly where I was sitting and they said, ladies and gentlemen, choreographed by Dwight Jordan, directed by Connie Mulligan, please welcome to the stage, the Mount Zion swing station. And I, I'm going to start to cry. I, my whole life changed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, my whole life changed. I watched that, that show and my jaw was on the floor and I was like, I didn't even realize what we were capable of doing. Like what? Like how far our imagination <laughs> yeah. could go yeah. in, in in order and what we could do, what we could accomplish. And so I watched them and I immediately, they got done and I went up to Mr. Gamar yeah. as like, I was 13 at the time actually. Right. I wasn't yeah. 14. No, I was, no, I was 14. I was 14 at the time. And I went up to Mr. Gamar and I was a freshman and I said, we could be better. I have some ideas. <laughs> And I was, and I was the annoying like, kid uh... that sat. Yeah, and I was the one that sat in the front of the bus. Yeah. And 
or in the front of the van if we were driving in the van yeah and talk talked his ear off and asked questions and so he was like okay so and fortunately in Mitchell we have our fall show and our spring show right and they're like our they're like our big like you know it's upper show and dinner theater and those are our big money makers and so we usually send a lot of kids to camp so then the upper show used to be like all camp material that the kids we would bring back from camp Mm -hmm. the dinner theater we would choreograph ourselves right and mr Gimar would ask if anyone was interested in choreographing or he would assign people Mm -hmm. that he thought would be good at choreographing yep so i never volunteered (laughs) oh (laughs) but i got um Assigned, so I started okay. choreographing in the dinner theater, like my freshman Your year. Your freshman year, you were doing dinner theater. Mm-hmm. I choreographed, yeah, just like we did medley. So like I yeah, did, but like, still, I mean, like I don't think I ever bits. picked any freshmen when I was doing that one. <laughs> I think it was usually right. seniors. So that's saying something. Right. My sophomore year, we was choreographed by Joe and Amy again. Okay, but we were having, but you know, like we went to our first competition and. We did really, 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 really well, yeah. but we had, you know, some things to fix. Yeah. And we, we went to Alaska and we ended up getting third to mm-hmm. Buffalo Grove, one with choreography, and then Cedar Rapids Jefferson got second with vocals, and that's the year they did the opera. And my brain and falls on my got... head when you say these things. I don't know how you remember all of this. It's incredible to me. Oh. You have such a I brain for this stuff. I remember where I was sitting. I know. Like, I can remember <laughs> where I was sitting. Amazing. I mean, I can I can tell you what Miss Linda was wearing. <laughs> I like, love that. <laughs> To direct the backup combo. I mean, she was like snapping well, it she out is back there. Fierce all the time. So that's oh, that's totally understandable. Yeah, <laughs> she's amazing. And so, um, okay, we got comments, you know. And yeah. since we were student, we were student choreographed at the time. Amy was going to college in I think North Dakota, and okay. um, and Joe was at Notre Dame. And so oh, there wasn't anyone. Gorgeous. There wasn't anyone to fix stuff. Mm-hmm. So my friends and I, you know, Jen Hinson, um who ended up being a dancer in LA for a little while oh, and wow. in Christina Aguilera's dirty video. And then hey. like, yeah. And then Janelle Margallo, right. who was on Broadway and Miss Saigon mm-hmm. um, from Mitchell, we were really good friends. And, and Mr. Gimar was like, make the fixes. You guys do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we re-choreographed some dance breaks and we made, made the closer a medley at some point that year and added a song in. So we worked out the transitions and fixed all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then again, I was still choreographing the dinner theater stuff right? at the same time. And then my junior year, I ended up choreographing two songs with Jen Hansen. Um, one of which we turned, um, the I love coffee. I love tea. I love the Yeah. Mm -hmm. We turned it into a rap. Oh, of course you did. <laughs> yeah, it was like J A V A J I V E. What's a cup of coffee? What's it for? What's the mean? You want one lump or two lump? I'll give you what you need. Oh. I'll take three, please. You all my sugar bee. And it was like Java, Java, Java. Mm. Java, Java. So sorry, this isn't we... a video for all of you because I am loving what's happening. <laughs> well, I love it. We made. Was this we your junior year? Your junior year, this was? This is junior year. So 97. Okay, and, I'm going to go yes. find it. <laughs> it's on YouTube. There's yes! a video of us from Mount Zion. Here for um, it. But we made up a rap. I love that. And then we made up, and then we choreographed it, and we used coffee cups. Of course, <laughs> and, of course. <laughs> and then Mr. Gimar was like, 
we're going to do this song called The Curly Shuffle, which was based off of the Three Stooges. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so Jen Hansen and I, we were juniors. She was a senior. I was a junior. We went home on like a Friday night. We went to my house and my mom made us snacks and we watched, we stayed up. Thanks, Sue. <laughs> um, we were down in the basement and she was like, oh, do you need any snacks, Stephen? You know. And my parents are British. See, I was going to say, and... Stephen's parents are British if you do not know. Yes. Yeah. Ronald and Susan. So, Ronald and Susan. Susan. And they, we stayed up all night long. Yeah. Watching. And I still can't believe that we did this because I had no idea that why we did it or yeah. how we knew to do it. But we watched all night long, watched Three Stooges movies and looked at their mannerisms and then created choreography out of their mannerisms. I mean, that is some impressive stuff out of someone who is like 17 years old. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't even know, but it was like, it was foreign to me. And he was like, yeah, it's the three stooges. It's funny. And I was like, okay, you are. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like, I haven't seen a lot. I haven't seen a lot of the three stooges, but we watched it and we created choreography and then we, we put it into the show. And, um, and then Joe and Amy had done um, the opener and the closer. Okay. okay. And then we had we had made adjustments throughout the season, sure. but we competed at Mount Zion. On Alaska, got snowed out the air. It was devastating, oh, yeah. and we went. And uh, Dwight was there. Okay. And he saw us, and he he was like. Mr. Gimar said that he was so like complimentary on what was happening with the group visually and yeah. that what the choreography and you know and that Mr. Gimar was like this is the this student is who did it. yeah mhm mm mm -hmm. oh, and so that's and a then big my senior boost, year you know like to hear that at that age like to be Well and by then I'd that, been yeah. yeah and by then I'd been to camp and then ordered yeah, like yeah. I knew him but I'd order also ordered like because you had to order VHSs. Oh, I was going to say, I know what you're talking about. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had to order, I ordered all of the VHSs of groups that I could possibly get my hands on, yeah. mostly all Dwight groups. Yeah. I was like, I have to see what yeah. else, you know, yeah. like besides Mount Zion, you know, what else he's been doing. So, yeah, um, whippersnappers, we couldn't just log onto YouTube all the time. Like, you there was no, you know, there was no YouTube. <laughs> you can't, you couldn't see anything. Like, nope. It took me, it took like six weeks for me to get my VHS of the 1998 Clinton Attaché show. That would and be when it came. Oh, yeah. When it came, I literally ran into the choir room and we were supposed to have choir and I made Gimer let us watch. <laughs> I would have done that too. I would have allowed you to watch it also as the teacher. Absolutely. If you've been waiting six oh. weeks and it's Attaché, come on. I was like, it's here. It's here. <laughs> um, but so then my, my senior year ended up being very interesting because Amy had moved back to town and so Amy did a lot of the choreography Joe contributed but then I also choreographed parts of it and yeah. then um Amy got hired to go work with a group in like uh in Wisconsin oh. I think it was in Green Bay somewhere and she I was a senior in high school but she took me with her as like her assistant Fun. we went one weekend and I got to like so that was kind of my first experience yeah but then, then I went to I mean this is such a long story I'm so sorry I'm dragging this That's up fine. But those are like key moments. I was gonna say this is kind of important. This is like how we got to here for sure, because those are formidable moments, you know. And there are things that I like for some reason, you know, like when you think back through your life, there's so many memories, but those memories are so vivid to me. Yeah, yes, exactly. Totally. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, there's so many more that I could talk about, but when, so then I went, ended up going to Millican University yeah. and got my BFA at musical theater. And the reason why I went to that college is because that's where Sugar Games in America right. was. Yeah. And also that's where Dwight went to college. Right. And yep. um, they had, they had a show choir singing blues. Yes. Choreographed by Dwight. And um, it was, it just seemed like the perfect fit. So oh, yeah. I went to Millican and while I was at Millican, this is also kind of pivotal while I was at Millican, um, it would have been my junior year. I was at music performing at music theater of Wichita during the summer, and right. I got a phone call from Mr. Gimar. Okay. And he and he said, "I'm leaving Mitchell, and I'm going to be the director of the Mount Zion Swing Station." Right. You're like Mount Zion. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the Mount. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. So at the same time, I was so devastated because the person who was like a huge oh, father figure to me who took care of me sure. in high school was yes and who who had built a program that literally like saved my life yeah. you know like I, I found my place to belong mm -hmm. in high school in the music program and that was because it was nurtured by him and um so I was devastated at one yeah. point but then also because Milliken's like 10 minutes away from Mount Zion right and he was going to be there and he was going to be swing stations director I was like okay yeah exactly. <laughs> so he moved he moved to me so um what ended up happening was he went to Mount Zion I was still in college um he had me come in I got to choreograph um Mount Zion's junior high oh nice uh, when Heather 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 Pistorius yes. was the the director there as the ju junior high director and she and the assistant to swing and um she hired me to choreograph them and uh, in one of my groups, Heath Gimar. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Heath Gimar, yeah. choreographer extraordinaire. Yeah. Was a seventh grader. And rocket scientist. And a rocket scientist working <laughs> at the Pentagon. That's fine. Um, it's normal. <laughs> I know, right? But he was a seventh grader. And I um, oh, love that. So that was really fun because he yeah. was like my little brother growing up, too. Yeah. Um, but what ended up happening with Mitchell was a new director came in and had never really had a large competitive show choir. This and was the time before Tatum. Yes. This was the this was, this was the, one... the year before Tatum. Yes. One okay. year. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so he had this director had come in and I'll, I'll refrain from using his name. That's so kind you know, of you. Protect the innocent. <laughs> and if you text me, we'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. So but he he took over the group and um had very specific ideas about what he wanted to do, but sure. Mitchell is very, very based in tradition. Yes. But the thing that he didn't realize was that Mr. Gimar was nurturing us as students and as choreographers, mm -hmm. and the alumni were the choreographers. Yeah. He didn't know who to contact. Oh, he didn't know who to reach out to. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't know. You know what I mean? And Mr. He, he Mr. Gimar offered offered up this information, but he yeah. didn't feel like using it. Yeah. And so, um, so I ended up contacting. Yeah. And because I love this program so much right. and because, uh, because I want, I couldn't bear to see it fail. Yeah. I ended, I ended up choreographing the whole show okay. that year myself. Okay. And, um, it was scary. Yeah. I was gonna say that's a big step you know, at that point. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was really scary. Um, but 
it went really, really, really well. Yeah. Um, and they, they, the show ended up being really great. I mean, I look at it now and go, oh, I changed all this stuff. But <laughs> it's everybody though. <laughs> right. Anytime you look at your stuff but, from when you were like twenty, everybody's like, what? <laughs> right. But that responsibility ended up getting placed onto me. Yeah. Um, and then I, I worked with a, like I had a couple people, like some people like assist me, like the. But then he ended up leaving after one year, and right. then Tatum Malin take it, took over, right. and she was alumni of the group. Yep. And so she knew how it worked and the structure of the group, and she had totally. had Mr. Gimar. But she ended up hiring me. Yeah. To do to be the choreographer, and then um, I was the choreographer, and then from there they would kept going back to Alaska, yeah. and people would see my work in Alaska and Dwight would see my work in Alaska. And, um, it actually was, I got asked because of that, I got asked to choreograph a couple other smaller groups around the country and it was great income because I was graduating college and moving to New York and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure what year it was. might've been 2003. April James was the critique judge at Alaska. Okay. And she, she was Mitchell's critique judge and I wasn't there. Okay. And she saw my choreography. Yeah. And she worked with she worked with the Mitchell kids. And un- unbeknownst to me, because I was not there at the time because right. I was on tour. Oh, yeah. I was on the I was on okay. tour that year, so I didn't get to go. She went out to the lobby and she bought the DVD of Mitchell's performance. Get out. And she was living in Chicago at the time. She went home to Chicago and she drove that DVD to Dwight's house. And showed him and said, "You have to hire this whoever this person is." And Dwight's like, "I know who this camp. person is." <laughs> yeah. Oh my and so, gosh! How so cool he ended up hi- that. Yeah. So he ended oh. up hiring me, and the rest is kind of history. Yeah. It's kind of. I, I, it, it never was my goal. I always wanted to be a musical theater performer. Right. Um, but it's. I want to say that it fell into my lap, but, you know, thinking back on it after going through all this story, it's like, it's kind of where I needed to yeah. be. It's like where the universe was pointing me right. to be. Right. But you were smart enough and aware enough to keep walking through those open doors that were in front of you, you know, as opportunities presented themselves, you continued that forward path, which, you know, I think a lot of times when kids especially are thinking about what they want to do with their life, they get really linear about just like they put up those blinders on either side and they're like, this is my plan. Mm -hmm. And if a door opens to their left, they don't look at it because that's not, no, I'm, I'm looking at forward doors only, you know? And like you walked through a couple of left doors, you know, and like off of your path, so to speak, but look at, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. It was meant to be. It really, it I mean, and it's, but to be honest with you, like, yes, I walked through a lot of, left doors but I feel like some (laughs) sometimes I might have been pushed through them a little bit but that's what good teachers do (laughs) because I did well I did fight it a little bit too you know like I did I did fight it a little bit I was like no I'm like this is good like I love it and I'm really good at it and I enjoy it but this is what I want to do yeah and it took it's taken me a while to realize like that I have the best of all the worlds that I want. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to look back on that now and say, 
okay, this was this was it. This was what it was supposed right. to be. But during, at the time, oh yeah, you have the benefit was, of hindsight right now. You did not have that at the time, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. right, 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 right. Yeah, and like you and I were talking beforehand before before this part that you're hearing. Stephen and I were chatting for an hour because we knew that was going to happen. But he was talking about how, um, like you can still audition right now even you know like especially because of the pandemic they're doing a lot of things like online and you can fly out there and you can do whatever yeah. you need to do still with the flexibility you have in your show choir world right like, you get to decide your schedule in that way you get to make those choices and you do you do have the best of all of those options for yourself you know yeah i mean it's been especially this last year the realization that like even a pandemic can't stop us right like, can't stop show can't stop show choir like can't mm-hmm. stop show choir kids they have amazing you know gusto right. and drive and um and then with technology i mean it's unbelievable i mean i'm terrible i'm terrible at it but once i figured it out i was like this is really like oh incredibly yeah. beneficial mm-hmm. and so you know i t- i talked to you know my agent in new york and yeah. he was like you know we, we can you do video auditions yeah. and janelle was living in town and she's been sending in video auditions and submissions and, yeah you know and if you if you need to get to New York to do a callback, like you can fly out to New York and do a callback. Yeah, there are planes. But, <laughs> yeah. Right. So it so it it does. It works out. It really works out for the you know for everything to happen. But. I mean, and you've gone through different seasons of your show choir choreographer life where you've had you know more groups, and I don't know if you've ever had. I don't know how many you have right now, but like you can, you've been able to choose that too. Like you know, you can be fully invested for a couple seasons where you're just booked overtime, booked maybe you know two booked almost, yeah. and then like. You know, if you want to spend more time focusing on something else, you can say, I'm going to just do this many groups this year, you know, kind of situation. Right. And that's, that's another being pushed through a left door, I think, too, <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> is because I love the people that I get to work with, yeah. and I love the kids I get to work with, and I love the groups that I get to work with. So to be able to make the decision, like, I'm not going to be able to mm-hmm. do them this year because... I need to, I want to focus on something else yeah. or I need to not do 427 groups because that too, who, your own mental health. who can be that creative. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I don't think anyone can be that creative that long without having some sort of like, like Full breakdown, breakdown of, the of their it. life. You know, like yeah. Being so burnt out, you know, I bring that up specifically because we have so many young choreographers. You watch it too. I mean, we all do in our, in our industry when, when you're younger, it feels like it's impossible to say no to something because it's like, what if nobody else asks again? You know, you kind of have that vibe of, so true. I've got to say yes, you know, because they're asking. And then you get to yourself a situation where you have, like you said, 427,000 groups. And like, are you really giving them your best? Are you are, like, right. who's, who's benefiting when you have that much? And then, like you said, you have to make those tough decisions and go. I need to pull back. So it's not just for you. It's, it's for the kids and the groups too. Like, you know, like, right. So that everybody can be right. getting what they need out of it. But that's a hard lesson to learn. I don't envy that age and stage of career at all. No, I mean, it's really tough, but like, because of the way that my career unfolded with mm-hmm. the having to be able to, or getting to be able to choreograph show choir. Yeah. The group while I was in it. Yeah. Um, there was some terrible stuff I did for dinner theater. Like I go back and I laugh at it. Like I had this one group, they were, they, this one, they were having a picnic on the front of the stage and everyone was dancing around and they had a candle and then they like blew the candle out and the lights went down. You know, it's very, like, it's just, that's adorable. Don't knock on that. But it was like thinking outside of the bath. Yes. But, but I had just that to focus on. And so, and while I was, while I was, 
at Milliken and then like just out of Milliken, um, I got to work with the junior high kids at Mount Zion, mm-hmm. which is a very different experience in junior high. Totally. But also I got, because Gimar left, I got handed Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. Out of nowhere. And so I wasn't looking for other groups. Right. And so I basically had this really good group yeah. as my guinea pig. Your test subject, right? Yeah. Your first time out right. of so, <laughs> And so I got to learn a lot by just focusing on the one group. And that's yeah. some of the th- that's one of the things that I've told, you know, young some younger choreographers that have asked me, I've said, here's the deal. You putting out a ton of mediocre product yes. is not is not beneficial. Preach. You need to take you need to take one group. And mm-hmm. this is what happened to me. I didn't choose it. It happened to me. But I yeah. took one group and I'm and I created my own style and I really worked with them. Yes. And that got me noticed. But I had worked out all the kinks with yes. this one group. And I had yes. you know what I mean? Oh totally. Instead yeah. of instead of just over expanding right away. Mm-hmm. And trust me, I mean I've overexpanded. I mean, there was some, there was one year, I think I was doing like 21 groups. Everyone has done that. I feel like though, in a choreographer path, it just, it it happens. You just get excited and say yes. And then you don't know it's too much until you're in it. And you're like, Oh no, 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 this was too much. Like this was, this was too, 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 too many. Um, I know that that's hard too, from a money standpoint. Like if you're living your entire life and that's your whole your whole income. It's, 100%. Yeah, of course you want to say yes. I get that. But what Stephen's saying that's so valuable there is it's like, you know, if you have to work a side job and you just invest in one or two groups, but really invest in those one or two groups for a couple of years, probably for it will the, pay off. Yes. For the longevity of your career and your work in general and what you're doing, that's probably better than doing like, oh my gosh, I got 10 tiny groups and I'm going to like work them to death, you know, for a few years. Right. Like, and also, I mean, I, what you said about, you know, you got to learn your lessons with Mitchell. Like, like that was my first year teaching gigs. I had taught somewhere in Nebraska for two years. That's like a super small school, like in the middle of nowhere. And like, I got to make all my mistakes there. Like, you know, yes, I still have plenty yeah, of mistakes yeah. now, but like, you know, just, I got to work Me all too. of that out outside of like, I don't know. It's weird to say the spotlight. Cause I, I think that all of that's an illusion anyway, but like people weren't really like paying attention, you know, it wasn't like I was at a school right. that was super visible or, constantly competing or something like that and so I got to learn all of that stuff and I think a lot of times right now because kids are seeing it as a a profession already you know like we said at the beginning it wasn't when we started um right kids are now like well I graduate from college and I need if I'm choreography uh, choreographer I need to have 10 groups I graduated from college I have 10 groups you know like okay I mean sure but that's not really how most people come to that you know I think it's really what's really interesting too is that like I learned a lot just I learn a lot I'm a very visual person obviously and I learn a lot by watching and so and not just watching show choir and watching choreography but like Dwight pull from everything you're very good at like yeah like understanding that like Dwight like when I was in high school at in the like like at that time Dwight was doing Mount Zion jaw on the floor yeah he was doing Clinton Mm-hmm. jaw on the floor yeah he was doing decalb jaw on the floor mm-hmm. he was doing onalaska hilltoppers jaw on the floor yeah. and then i think maybe he had one other group but five at the most exactly mm-hmm. you know what i mean like and then those were the groups that you were like it's a dwight group yeah it was like you have to get in there and see that instead of like oh it's one of 
300. Yeah, yeah. You're not sitting at a comp day going, oh, here's yet another. Right. Birdie. And so, mm-hmm. which is totally, which is, I mean, that's totally fine. But the thing it is, is, it's is just that a different path. <laughs> it's a different path. But I think one of the things that I learned by Dwight from Dwight and his five groups was, was that Dwight was with those five groups for career for yeah. like decades for mm-hmm. for you know like for a substantial amount of time mm-hmm. well here's the deal if you go in and you give a group you know just throw stuff at this group because yeah. it's one of 300 and you have to get it done yeah you're not really creating that relationship that and i think that the successful choreographers are the ones that create relationships with programs yes. and then are there for a long period of time because then they can help evolve the program help build the program help create its own identity yes and then that's where you're really going to be successful instead of bouncing around from a million different groups that are like oh we tried you for a year moving on to the next right right and that feels it feels very transient right now in show choir world i think we are seeing a lot of that actually in the midwest anyway in like the iowa nebraska minnesota that circuit of the world it feels a lot like that is happening you know you don't have as many career groups anymore like where it's that group has been with that choreographer for a decade you know i mean it just it doesn't happen as much anymore which i miss that maybe maybe it's that dwightness of what you're discussing right there i think that's why i feel that way too and we're about the same age so i think we remember that as being common you know it was like right school is with this person you know um, or I mean, even just choir directors like yeah. Miss Linda was Miss Linda taught for thirty some years at one school, yeah. and you, you know what I mean. And that Buffalo Grove was, anymore. yeah, it was like Miss Linda mm-hmm. Buffalo Grove the expressions. Mm-hmm. It was like you could not wait to not only see what their show was, but to see what Miss Linda was wearing. Oh, you absolutely! Know? <laughs> I still feel that way. Um, it, and, Me and too. I, as someone myself who like I have moved around to different schools for sure. I'm not someone who stayed at for a whole career somewhere. Um, right. But also, I'm not someone who's like looking for. Oh, I, I hate to. Say, I, I always say things in a mean way, but that's okay. Podcast world knows that about me now. So, like, I'm not looking for like a promotion. It's not. I think there's the there's this difference in the mindset of like you know like schools that are bigger are a promotion or schools that are in a certain area are a quote promotion like that phrase mm. stresses me out in the in the world of education because that you can't think of it that way that is not th- schools aren't built that way it's not a hierarchy like capitalism it's not built on that like if you look at let's say Mitchell for example of course right Mitchell is a town of like mm-hmm. 17,000 people it is an hour west of Sioux Falls it is not considered a metropolitan area i mean by unless you're comparing it to like West River, <laughs> South Dakota. Like, right, exactly. it's not, it's not like, you know, a major city in that way. It's not a school. Although like, we did get a Starbucks. I'm so mad at you right now. I can't even tell you, by the way. <laughs> like, Tim looked at pictures because Trinity posted them because she's working there. And he's like, now they have a Starbucks. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. Um, guys, that's been a whole thing. Um, and I think you're getting a high V, I heard too, which is also like, Friends, get all the cool stuff now that I've... It's because you moved back. You did this. You brought all of the good Starbucks. Uh, listen, energy I know, but I wish, I wish I had enough energy to magnetize a Target here, but <laughs> we'll, we'll work on it. <laughs> Once you get a Target, you let me know. No, th- but it's not like... It's not what people would consider like a big school. It's not what people... You know, all of that. And if you look at it just on paper, you know, you're going to say, oh, that's a nice school. Okay, great. You wouldn't necessarily assume 
that's going to have one of the top show choirs, you know, perennially in the country for the last 30 years. Mount Zion is a smaller city in a smaller school mm-hmm. area. Like, if you go through these places, you can't say, oh, they're successful because they're in a metropolitan area and they have a lot of money, let's say. Sometimes it's not even about that, but sometimes it is. Um, it's not about that. They had directors who really dug in, or in the case of you, like choreographers who really dug in and became a part of the program and a part of their existence and their history and therefore their future, you know? And so when you get mm-hmm. younger directors, I think that are frustrated, like feeling like they're not making progress. And so they go to another school. I'm like, okay, well that may not actually be the solution. It might be, it might be, maybe you're just not a good right. fit. Maybe it's not the right place for you and that's fine. But you know, right. you can't just give up on a school because you feel itchy and you don't feel like you're climbing the ladder fast enough. I'm using air quotes because that is also a gross term to me, but like right. what ladder? There's no ladder. <laughs> that's, right. That's invisible. And I, that's the thing. That's the thing is that like, I think, I think you can climb the ladder. What, where any, where, wherever yeah. you are. Yeah. You it's know your what I mean? personal so it's like, ladder. There's no so outward like, ladder. <laughs> right. And so like Mr. Gimar, like, created the program here in Mitchell and it mm-hmm. was very successful and mm-hmm. he left and went to Mount Zion because it was kind of a different beast yeah. and like he was like it was interesting a new and challenge. get to work with Dwight and all that kind of stuff new challenge but you know it was it was a perennial program and it was set up the way that he wanted it or it was set up the way that it had been set up right and so when he left Mount Zion and went to Glenwood he set up Glenwood's program mm-hmm. very much like how Mitchell's program was set up. Right. And so he got his like concert choirs and all that stuff yep. back. Um, but he also took this new school that didn't really have a show choir or really a choral program and he promoted it. Yeah. He promoted himself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He climbed a ladder yes. because he knew how to do that. Yes. You know what I mean? He knew, he knew the steps to take in order yes. to make that creative. Yes. And I think that's like a big analogy for starting a choreographical career it's like take one group promote Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. help them climb the ladder yes and while you're doing that you can figure out what's going to pull you off the ladder or pull you you know down a rung or two yes that's so true in your own life you know Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. in in your own like artistic journey Mm -hmm. yeah it's not like i mean he's not here we won't put words in his mouth but i mean it's not like gimar was like I'm going to go to Mount Zion because it's called Mount Zion and people have heard of them. Like, no, it was, it was a new challenge and he liked the fact that he got to work with, you know, but I think that there is a little bit of that mentality in show choir world nowadays where people will be like, oh, that's a group I've heard of. And they're, you know, like, I remember watching them and they're great. So I would love to be their director. Well, part of why they were great though, is because a director and or a choreographer bought in and really did the work there. You can't just show up and like, exists in a program and expect it to be great no yeah there's i mean i mean because i mean we've seen many people mm-hmm. like in their own mind climb the ladder into yes. a program and you've seen those programs go oh okay well yeah. okay that was interesting like yeah and and part of it is and i think part of it is is that they feel like sometimes new directors feel like they are inheriting excellence yes instead of inheriting a program where they need to help create excellence yes mm-hmm. and so so when the program starts to deteriorate mm-hmm. and they're not as successful as they were or whatever mm-hmm. it's it's i mean and like most people we blame stuff that's like outward oh where yeah. it's like 
We never look at you know, it's, it's, <laughs> now it's now now it's the school that's the problem, right? Like the parent booster problem. I didn't realize or the, the choreographer. There's always that. Well, I'm or gonna get a new parent. choreographer because that'll be well. I mean, sure, that might help for a year, maybe. I don't know, but like, yeah, that's exactly what you're saying is yeah. so so true. Absolutely. And so, I just think the one one of the things I've learned throughout my career but like that was really highlighted this year mm-hmm. in the pandemic was mm-hmm. was patient yeah. and giving yourself grace yes you know what I mean because yes. I you know I'm teaching this stuff over zoom and I'm, I'm teaching it during the class period that's like you know say 45 minutes right. or even an hour and 15 minutes yeah. and in my brain I'm going you know like I'm doing I'm I'm not like you know there's like some people think there's a formula where it's like you see the first chorus that's one version you see the second chorus that can be the same but nothing repeats three times so something needs to change the third time kind of thing you know like when yes. people are choreographing sure but I didn't have time to do that I didn't have time to add a layer I didn't have time yeah. to add props to the third chorus and so I had to give myself grace and say you know what yeah allow myself to create this product and that it's the best that it can be but what can you learn from it you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and and then keep going Mm -hmm. and then improve on that and so I got better at teaching over zoom because it's very different but at first I was very frustrated yeah but I think I think that's what happens to a lot of people especially when they're in a new career or in a new job like a new school when they're teaching yeah is that there's an expectation and there's frustration yeah instead of there's an expectation and then you give yourself grace and then figure like figure it out like work the steps work the steps you know allowing it to be what it is going to be for this time this day with these resources with these children because right you're never going to have the same product over and over again because every day is different every set of kids is different every I mean, like, and if you can't give grace about that, wow, you should definitely not do education, like do something else with your life. I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean, like, oh, friend, your your life will be a lot harder than it needs to be if you can't remember that, you know, like. Right. Well, and it's also, you know, like, and it's a lot of it's giving grace to like the kids to understand like, okay, like, you're not machines. Like, now let me go back and let me figure out how I need to adjust in order to what is it called inspire you yes you know what I mean well you and I are similar ages on this one I think that you I think we probably grew up similarly in this mindset because this was kind of just the 90s and (laughs) teenage dumb but like that wasn't always the case I think that the world especially education world used to be so much like that whole notion of leave it at the door, you know, uh, get over your own crap and be here to do the work. And like, it doesn't matter what else is going on in your life. Like you need to be present and you need to do your hundred percent best today. hundred percent best being here, like a bar that's a certain height, you know, I'm holding up my hand over my head. Like, whereas now I think we've all learned a lot more about just, first of all, how, how teenage growth works and how like their brains work and how like all of that is very different. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. <laughs> than, than what we knew when we were growing up, right? But then there's we've also, I think, all learned a lot about mental health in general. Just the notion that, like, you know, they can still do their best work, but like, 
let's talk about what your 100% is for today. Give me your best for today, which might be here, right. which might be three inches lower than where my hand was the first time, because it's not possible to fully set aside the rest of your life when you walk in the door. It's just not. And and nor do oh, we no, really, yeah. as artists probably want that. I think we're realizing that now as as time goes on as well. Yeah, that it's things are more interesting when you bring your life to the table. Absolutely. When you allow vulnerability yeah. in the space versus being like, well, everybody needs to be strong and everyone needs to do their best work. And da, 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 da. Like my um my eldest child is um at a sports camp right now during the summer and you know, he'll get in the car and he'll talk about how you know, and I think sports is gonna have a longer way to go with this for sure, because they're in very firmly entrenched in the world of toxic masculinity in a lot of ways, right? Oh, right. There's so much he'll get in and he'll be like, yeah, the coach today was like, you know, push through the pain because you know that you got it. You know, just these these trite sayings. They're like yelling at these like middle school boys who are like learning how weightlifting works and running wind sprints because they're going to play football. You know, like I just I'm listening to it now. <laughs> like, oh, you know, when I was that age and I had a volleyball coach yelling that at me, like I bought in. I was like, yeah, be stronger, be fast, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying that, that there there isn't a place for that but excuse me especially in the arts like allowing them to bring their lives with them to an extent i mean like it can't be right. like drama that takes over the whole every rehearsal and you never get anything done but like just knowing people are people as you said everybody's human we're not machines like right 100 percent. you can't and, and the pandemic i think opened a lot of that too that just the we were all going through something so giant and weird, but everybody was reacting differently and everybody yeah. was having a different experience, you know, like, right. You had to give grace. Yeah. Absolutely. Like 100%. I hope that continues forward. I, wor I worry about people wanting in their hurry to get back to normal that people forget that too soon. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, if you rush to build a house, mm -hmm it's not necessarily as strong as if you take your time and really, you know, mm -hmm. you let the foundation form yes. and you, you, you pick the perfect wood and you, you know, like you, the, the perfect materials, yeah. the strongest materials and you build it rather than slapping it all together. Yes. Um, I mean, it's I a house either way, but which one would you rather live in? You know, which one would you rather live in and which one's going to last longer? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is like, it's investing, it's investing in, in something that, um, you want to outlive you. <laughs> right. And so read like reading the room, I think it's important too. one of, you know, reading about, I don't even know where I read it because I love to read books on that kind of stuff, but yeah, understanding that everybody has different ways of learning. Yes. Really just mm -hmm. blew my mind. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, so not everyone is motivated by the same thing. Right. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I try to dabble in a little bit of all of it so that the mm -hmm. kids can feel that I'm connecting to them. Mm -hmm. yeah. On oh, person, yeah. On a certain level, you know? Because they're going to learn so much more and so much more quickly, too, if they feel that connection, you know? Or even just feel the fact that I'm trying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, too. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, he's struggling right now, but at least he's trying to to like get with it. To, to us, you know. So, I mean, yeah, that's true too. You know, that's and sometimes I just, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is just crazy because it's not just about choreography; it's about teaching. It's about yes. understanding kids. It's about motivating. It's about being artistic, but also being accessible. It's about, yeah. um giving the kids something that they can 
work hard at. That's a challenge, but they can also be successful with. Um, it's an incredibly difficult balancing act. It's so hard. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, just thinking about that, you know, this last year, you know, we were like, yay, we can do all of the songs that we shouldn't do anymore. Like, you know, right. you can't stop the beat and don't no, stop do believing. <laughs> let's do it, you know, because, you know, no one's competing and stuff. And then I thought to right. myself, I'm like, I'm like, man, we just, we paint ourselves in a box of trying to be so artistic that mm-hmm. we forget about the joy aspect of yes. it. Yes, you know? yes. And so- I hope we don't lose that. That's really what I was saying earlier. Like, let's not yes. lose all of that stuff. 100%. come out of this, you know? Like- Right. When we jump back, back into the- And fun stuff. Yeah, but- when, I, when everyone jumps back into the, oh, we're competing again. Right. Although to be <laughs> fair, I don't really want to hear 17 versions of You Can't Stop the Beat this year. So like maybe just call each other and like <laughs> decide who's going to do Don't Stop Believing. So we don't have No, <laughs> I do. Totally no. I mean, um, yeah, that's, that's there's certain songs, there's certain songs throughout your career that you're like, really, again? Here it is again. Um, the year when we were at, um, one of the years at Mitchell when I was, ju- when I was, when we were hosting and um, you were judging every, I think it was every group, for sure it was every middle school group, but I think it was every group until like the last four of the day had a song from The Greatest Showman. Every like we just at some point we were like placing bets about it like which one's it gonna be and like yeah. which one and you know and by, the, and by the end of the day you're like I don't even know which is the greatest show anymore no. like this is, everyone came out and was like this is the greatest this show, is the greatest show. <laughs> and by the you end I was the just show. so confused like it was just <laughs> oh you have to laugh at those things when they happen and you know that's certainly not anyone's fault you just kind of have to smile and go oh it was the year of this okay moving oh, forward yeah. <laughs> and you know and in my head I'm like at least it was good music you know like yeah. at least it was, like, it was like you know accessible music it was lyrical yep. you know it's like I could I could listen to it it's fine oh, yeah, melodic absolutely but there was just a moment in the day about 2 p.m where we're like oh my god we're gonna <laughs> we're doing it again and uh one more time everybody (laughs) um right you you and I could talk about all of this for days probably your episode could go on for hours and hours but I mean you're such a great storyteller and I knew this would happen anyway but like you really walked through pretty much all the things I was wanting to ask you about anyway as far as like creation and your process and like you know where you take things from and inspiration and all that stuff um but I want to ask you this because I think this is a fascinating question from a director to a choreographer, which is that, is there anything like when you're working with groups and specifically with directors, like, is there anything you like wish that directors understood about like choreographer life or like what you do as a creator, or even if it's just like logistics, like please book me a hotel for the right number of nights, you know, whatever it is, like, is there anything you just wish that we sort of knew, but maybe doesn't get talked about a lot? oh there's a couple couple things okay so from like a from like a logistics like standpoint Mm -hmm. it's you know when I show up at a group yeah you know then it's like or like I this especially happens like I know with April because April only goes for like one week at a time and that's the one week she spends with them whereas I go like three or four times to a group right um but like when April would show up or I show up and it's the one time I get to work with the group, it's like mm-hmm. this super special momentous occasion and yeah. everything's out of, 
like the kids it's like we have special rehearsals and the kids like are super excited as that's their yeah. special week and stuff you know yeah well it's our like 400 special week <laughs> you know what I mean like we literally yes. bounce from special week to special week mm-hmm. to special week to special week sure. and so under understanding that like we need to sleep yeah yeah like I can't I can't go out to dinner like every night or like you know what I mean like I like I need to go to bed or um or I need to make a choreography on the back porch yeah yeah I was gonna say I was like I'm hiding because I'm like I was that person for a few years for sure but you were oh no you would always cook and grill well that's true yeah and then you and Tim would sit out there and like you would choreograph and like my husband would like sit out there with like a beer like on the patio and that and, like you were still getting work done I feel like I don't oh, think we yeah, were impeding no. you from like oh no not at all it's, living and, I, and I and I certainly <laughs> and I certainly don't mind the company but it's like like yeah you're doing when, a job when they have yeah. when they have like everyone's coming over because Steve's in town it's like right. okay well I don't have the opener done for tomorrow so. right so Steve <laughs> needs to work on that first yeah yeah so I think that that's I think that that's just important and along that with that sense. it's just along with that it's just realizing that like we live on the road like in the fall we live out of hotels we live on people's couches we live mm-hmm. in people's guest rooms and mm-hmm. that it's like those are our homes for the yeah. for that short short amount of time mm-hmm. and so anything you can do to make that as comfortable as possible is so appreciated I can't mm-hmm. even tell you because yeah um because you know it, it it might be you know two months before I see my own bed again you know what right. I mean yeah. and so to be able to feel comfortable sure you know and have my own space and not have to use the bathroom that's like like right next to the master bedroom you know what I mean like do you know what I mean like it's little things like that it's like I always show up to a competition I always show up to a competition and I'm like okay where's the nearest bathroom yes that's I'm gonna go there that the the kids aren't using (laughs) there's no more awkward moment than being like hey you're my choreographer great I'm peeing right now thank you (laughs) (laughs) I'm not your choreographer in this moment those are both really good points and I think that I I learned that just because I would have candid conversations with you and, you know, like some of our other choreographer friends, but I don't know that all directors have that opportunity to have that conversation or, and don't always feel comfortable asking those questions, you know, like, what do you need? But that's an important thing as a director, you need to be able to say to your choreographer, what do you need? And then you need to be able to respect whatever boundaries they have to put up because they are doing a job. You have hired them to do work. They aren't there to entertain you. Like they're not your vacation friend, you know, it's right. But it's, I mean, but don't get me wrong, the excitement, the collective excitement sure. and the joy of having me there or any choreographer there and then the excitement of the kids and the director, yeah. like that relationship with the director is so important. You know what For I mean? For sure. It's just- it's Sleep just, is good too. <laughs> it, right. But it all, but it also, it breaks my heart when I have to turn and be like, I can't do dinner tonight because yeah. I've got to get this done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like- and they have, they they understand, but it, yeah. I don't want to. I just don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, and it always yeah. makes me feel like super awkward. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? So maybe don't place them in that position to begin with, is what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I just think too- week. you're definitely choreographing if it's early in the week. Like if you're there oh. for multiple days and it's the last day, well, then you may not be choreographing that night. That'd be a good night for dinner. <laughs> exactly, but I think the other thing about the artistic process is 
I have a very like regimented way of how I write my choreography out and how I create my choreography. Like I have a bit like a process that I yeah. go through in order to make things happen. Right. Um, but it also this this is the number two thing from for mm-hmm. the director's standpoint mm-hmm. is don't judge it the first time you see it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. don't like don't judge mm-hmm. what you're seeing before it's put together or before yeah. you get a chance to see it in context or mm-hmm. um because I'm already doing that and yes. and and I am very lucky and most you know the good the really good choreographers I, like I know that April thinks this way too is that and Dwight thinks this way too is like in your brain I can see Mm-hmm. what the product is going to be yeah. once it's like all put together. Like I, that's yeah. like, I could see where it's going to end up. And mm-hmm. so if something doesn't look right or click right away, don't judge it. Cause I've had yeah. directors, I've had directors be like, that looks terrible. You need to change that. And I just taught it. And I was like, trust me, it's going to work. And I had to like plead for them to let me keep it. And, you know, and so it's, it's important that you understand that like, saying that, but yikes, it will, yeah, it'll evolve, it'll evolve, mm-hmm. and it'll get better, oh, for sure. and, you know, and I've, you know, I've, and I've told directors too, I'm like, okay, look, this looks like poo right now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but let the kids get used to it, let them clean it up, and then, and then I believe it's yes. going to work, but if it doesn't, right, fix it. Right, but at least give it the time and space, and as you said, context, like, let's see how it all ends up together but yeah I would I would do my best to like not pay attention like I'm present but I would be like just do whatever you know and then when you would say okay can we watch this let's look at this then I'd be like okay let's look at that you know like because yeah I want to give it that space as a director to like right. evolve and become and give the kids a chance to learn it and give like whatever right. it's like a fine wine you like need to like put it in the glass and let it yes. breathe a little bit yes you know? yeah 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 absolutely that's a great <laughs> way to think about it let it breathe a little swirl it around a little yes up, exactly you know? whatever they do they stick their nose like all the way in it you know like the wine guys do like maybe don't stick your nose in the oh, yeah. feet, but you know yeah, don't do that give a little bit of space those are very trust me you don't want to be smelling the smelling what the no, kids are putting out no, <laughs> never never oh freshman boys again a special thing <laughs> um <sighs> i have to ask you three questions that everybody gets asked okay, i okay. love these answers um and then i always put the links if the videos are on youtube i put the links to whatever shows we're talking about in the comments on the podcast so that people can click on it and they can watch exactly what we were talking about so here we go okay first question is what is your favorite show show car show that you have ever seen and it can't be one you had anything to do with you can't have been in it or choreographed it and it could be a couple if you if you have more oh girl i've got i've got a list okay i was gonna say i'm I'm like ready to write (laughs) okay the mount zion swing station 1995 it's the first show where i saw other than besides mitchell and that's the one where my jaw dropped and it was, right. they did Peace and Love Incorporated and then ended up doing, and then ended up doing like Faith and then went through like Cuban Pete and then did this whole Latin. I mean, it was amazing, but it's a terrible okay. video that's online. Yeah. They didn't really have, on the, in the video that's online, I mean, it's, you know, it's online from a VHS, so it's all sure. like warped, but they, um, 
there and then some competitions that you know back in the day you weren't allowed to move the risers so they yes. didn't really have their actual Mount Zion set up at the time oh, okay. um so okay so that's 90 that's 95 okay the greatest opener I've ever seen was 1990 wait hold on I think it was 95 96 96 Mount Zion okay you won't find it it's not a video there is no video online because I've looked okay. for it okay I have to I was gonna go through like Dwight's basement and try to find it but it, they did the <laughs> real thing in 1996 I saw it at Cedar Rapids Jefferson and my jaw was on the floor they even at the time I believe they made up an award for best opener Oh at gosh, Cedar Rapids Jefferson crazy. because it was so good. It was amazing. Love that. Um, yeah, but the, I mean, those would be, I mean, I could go, I could rattle. I could just rattle so many things. I know, off, so I love that though. <laughs> um, but my, those those are the two that I think, especially the 95, since it was the first yeah, group really that I saw that changed you. my, that like changed yeah. my whole life. Oh yeah. But I mean, you and could, Gosh, yeah. I mean, I could go off Buffalo Grove Expressions in the 90s, Onalaska Hilltoppers in 1996, Corey mm -hmm. Anderson Front Center, and Amy Goldsvig, the older Goldsvig. Um, I mean, amazing. 1997, they sang Part of the Human Heart. It was beautiful. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean. If you ever get a chance so to sit around a table and watch YouTube videos of show choirs with Steven, I highly recommend it. It's very entertaining. <laughs> like he knows all of the good stuff. He knows where it's all on the internet. So. Oh okay. yeah. And it's not, it's not just Mount Zion. I mean, like I will, I will find you some treasures. Oh, of, I mean, I'm still, there's so many that. Marty DeMont yes. treasures. I will find you Andy Haynes treasures. I mean, talk about somebody that's had a legacy with groups and yeah. built that relationship is Andy Haynes. I mean, he, the, mm -hmm. the stuff that he does mm -hmm. is brilliant. I mean, how yeah. he gets those, how he gets those boys to dance like Fred Astaire right? um, is, is, is something that is, I mean, that's a gift. I mean, it's a gift. It's so mm -hmm. cool to be able to see like a Finley um, mm -hmm. or a Center Grove. And yeah. so, yeah, so it's, um, I mean, I could rattle and I could go on and on and on. <laughs> I love the Mount Zion 95 one though. I think that's such a good one to put in there because that's not one, you know, people always forget to mention like those older ones when we go through this part. Like they don't go back into that time of their life. Most people will name something like, you know, early in their career or whatever that they remember seeing. But I love when we can go back to like teenage years and go, oh, this one changed my life kind of situation. Well, right. Like, that's, and if you know. you're, and if you're, if you're, you know, if you're a young director, I mean, if you're a director that's younger than me, <laughs> which is, you that's know, some I'm of getting, them now for us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting up there. So it's probably a great percentage, but the trick to watching Mount Zion 1995 is what I found is, you know, I just made Nick McGraw sit down and watch a bunch of these Mitchell's oh, right now. And, um, and I watched, I did like Bobby at, uh, Troy was like, Hey, let's, I want to watch all of the show cars that influenced your life. And so I showed him oh, wow. the trick. The trick to watching Mount Zion in 1995 is yes, it's in the 90s, it's 1995, so the massive hair and they're all mm -hmm. super tan. The, the dresses thing. are yep. a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. But here's the deal: you have to. If you might not think it's super impressive because of yeah. the things that we have accomplished at this point in show choir, right? You need to watch it in the context of looking up other groups yes. in 1995. Yes, that's an excellent point. Yes. And mm -hmm. then you will realize how far ahead. Revolutionary they were. for the day. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, yeah. there's no way Connie wasn't like seven years old at that point. 
I mean, she looked 22. She still I, looks 22. I, I don't saying, understand. Still that I was like, when you said Connie, I was like, was Connie the director at that point? Holy mackerel. Yeah, I think that was <laughs> she her hadn't first. Been 12. <laughs> that was her first year. At, I think that Must was her first been. year at Mount Zion, maybe. But listen, the she's synthesizer, <laughs> the she's timeless, but the synth, here's the story, a side story. The synthesizer. Yeah. It was that beep 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 Yeah. Amazing. And I believe Scott Hines, who used to direct Eisenhower Elite Energy and is now at Purdue, was the synth player. But the synth was it literally just took a hold of your entire body and especially in the on Alaska Fieldhouse. I'm telling you, that changed my life. Synth is my favorite instrument in the combo. And everywhere I go, know it. when I when I need more synth, I literally refer to it as I need more Connie Mulligan, please. <laughs> so I call all my synths Connie. I think that actually yep. might have started with Jeremy Alfera at Marysville when I was when I was choreographing there. Um, yeah, I was like, we need more Connie. We just have to have more. Just Connie. more Connie, please. <laughs> yes. So she's timeless. She is. Timeless. She is. Oh my goodness. Okay, now. I love this one too. And I'm sure you're going to have answers for this one. Oh, sometimes this one's hard because you're involved, okay. but your favorite okay. show you've ever been a part of, like, and that can be hard, like picking your favorite child, I know, but is there anything Ooh. that stands out for you that you were either in or choreographed that you're like, Ooh, this was a thing. Um, every, I mean, I love so much of your work, you know, that cause I've, you know, worked with you forever, but like every novelty number you've ever done has always changed my life. So like, yeah, I mean, the I ship Urbandale year, um, when there were literal lobsters, like that was a new level of like genius for me watching that. I just, <sighs> listen, my the brain lobsters, was falling out of my head. It was amazing. Those were basically <laughs> just giant shrimp. Like Ted got them all wrong, but it worked out. Okay. <laughs> Um, I just have so many moments I mean, when I watch that stuff for, when I look at your stuff and I go like how is this brain doing this it's not just novelty numbers it's anytime I watch your stuff but like that's I think that you know it's sometimes it's hard to pick your own stuff but like when I look at your stuff it's just there are these so many creative tweaks that I see and I'm like I just where did that visual come from where did that picture on stage like that blocking how did the you know like you're just you have such a great eye um, not just that you're a good dancer because you are, but like you also have that eye for that, which that's not a skill everybody possesses. Like, yeah, and I, I definitely feel like I was blessed with that, but also mm -hmm. like the amount of the amount of studying I did. You know, it's like those actors. Oh, like yeah, Meryl, yeah. It's like Meryl Streep going to the actor's studio. She's always yes. like, I watched all, I watched every film and and analyzed yes. every movement. You know what I mean? It's like, yes. Well, that's what I did with show cartoons. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean. And instead of looking at you it and, just, co it. and yes. just copying moves and mm -hmm. stealing moves, you know what I mean? Yeah. I looked at it and was like, that gave me goosebumps. Why? Yeah. Like yes. that worked. Why yes. did that work? Not I'm going to steal these moves, but right. why the did analysis. that work? Like, mm -hmm. yes, uh, the analysis of the blocking and the layering mm -hmm. and, and where, like what the vocals were doing right like, were the mm -hmm. vocals in unison while the choreography was in unison and then it's yeah. when the vocals split the choreography split into layers yeah. like that type of thing like I really mm -hmm. listened and thought about that mm -hmm. um I'm really I'm really fond of a lot of the stuff that I've done um I'm really proud of it and yeah. not be not because of what I've put out there but because of like 
the last like five years of Lynn Warren's career at casing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I love Lynn and I love those kids so much yeah. to, to hear them mm-hmm. bring that show to life and to see them bring that show to life, those shows to life, those, that was cha- life-changing for me. Yeah. Um, but I also love the stuff that I've done with Clinton because it's the time that I get to choreograph with April. Yeah. So, so yeah. those are all really special to me too. Cause Absolutely. I remember like I could watch their shows and remember like, oh, we made that up, you know, on right. the back porch of a cabin in the backwoods yeah. of Mississippi, you know? <laughs> so, um, but I think one of my fondest moments was mm-hmm. singing. Our ballad was, If You Believe from The Wiz. Okay. And it was my senior year. Yeah. And we were at a competition and we didn't make finals actually. Oh. Um, yeah, we went to Belmont. We didn't make finals. Petal, Petal made finals and Buffalo Grove made finals. And so we were really good friends with Buffalo Grove because of Alaska. Mr. Kimar sure. and Miss Linda were really good friends. Mm-hmm. So we went, we didn't make finals and we went to finals and we became Buffalo Grove's cheering section. Yeah. Um, but it was my last competition of my senior year. And I remember singing the song, If You Believe, mm-hmm. surrounded by my friends. Yeah. Some of which have passed away. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that's one of my favorite moments is that I can, I can see it. I know where the light's coming from. Yeah. I know where mm-hmm. the light's coming from. I can hear the audience. I know exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I can see the light from the judges table in the corner. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's like palpable. And so it's I think that, that you. yeah. And I think that that was, that's one of my favorite moments, but I also choreographed some of that answer. show. So I guess that, I guess that. <laughs> it counts on both guess, levels. No, it counts on both levels. <laughs> right. But I, but I do, I'm, I work really hard sometimes I achieve it. Sometimes I don't, but I work really hard to give all of my groups their own identity. Um, and to, to give my groups something special that's for them, not only for that, that senior, that particular senior class or that particular group, but because, um, I'm in the hopes, I guess, not because of, but in the hopes that those kids would have a moment like I had. Yeah, I was year. gonna say you're you're trying to give them that opportunity. You're giving them those places where they can experience that. I think that's ultimately like if you're really doing it for quote I hate to say the right reasons, but if you're really doing this as a professional for the right reasons, um, it's not about your journey. It's not about you. Like it is because everybody has to have a career and a life. But you know if you can keep that at the forefront of your mind, what Stephen just said about like, you know think of that moment, think of in your own life, what, what's your own moment where you can see the light and you can see the judges table and you can feel the room and the energy or whatever, like, how can you help your kids have that to take right. away from their time with you? Like, then right. you did and, your job. Right. And I also mentioned that, or I also want to reiterate mm-hmm. is that that was at a competition where we didn't make finals. Uh-huh. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And it was, and it's one of the, my most fondest memories. And I think I think that that's important. That's important to create that magic, and mm-hmm. because you know, 
you're, you're mm-hmm. in rehearsal 85% of the time. <laughs> right, so. right. That's the, that's the part that's really the memorable parts. I think, you know, you certainly have proven me wrong when you're about to say this, but most of the time we don't remember what the placement was or anything. You have such a good memory for that stuff, but like in general, most of the time you don't remember that stuff. You don't remember like, you know, gosh, I don't know what place we got, but I remember the feeling of my friends with me. I remember the feeling of seeing that I was, um, I had I was pulling clips from different shows for a presentation I have to make, and I was watching uh, Mitchell Night uh, um, 2017 when they did Only Human that year. Mm-hmm. And like, there's just so much about that show. I mean, I can't watch that show without falling. Like, it's just yeah. Has, I mean, I, I love it. Just that has show. so much attachment for me because I can I have those moments like you're talking about. Like, I can I remember those kids. I remember their faces. What they look. I mean, now they're all like 23, you know, adults now and like going off to whatever. Right. But like. You know, I remember their faces. I remember the room. I can remember like the smell of the old classroom and the stage and the like. Right, you know, but you know, what, like, but what's so funny is that from that, and they had a super, they had a super successful year that year. They were amazing. I'm so proud of that show. Like I know we were both so proud of that show. Oh, so absolutely. Remember, but but what, what I remember <laughs> from that year was them singing the ballad a cappella. Yeah. The first time they ever set foot in our new auditorium, there yes. was no seats in the auditorium. It was a giant empty hole. And yep. they sang and it echoed. Yeah. And that just, I think, changed all of our lives. Yeah. It, I mean, you know? how could it not? I mean, it was one of those moments where it was so special. You could feel everyone in the room was having that moment with you. It wasn't just yeah. you having that moment. It was everybody living everyone. That together, you know? Yeah. And when I see the videos of it now as a finished show, that's what I transport myself mm-hmm. to, you know, is them in those moments or, you know, sitting and having conversations. Like if you're creating those memories, like what we're talking about here for your kids, if you're giving them time and space to do that and opportunities to do that, I mean, like that's, that's the job kids. Like that's the job. If yes, right. you have and to I teach have... them to sing and yes, they have to learn to dance, but like, this is important too. Right. But also like, if I can do like a quick side note, it's also super important to, re- to create a show that isn't for you yeah that create a show that's for the kids yeah like we created that show for yeah. the kids mm-hmm. and that's the reason why it was so powerful is because mm-hmm. the, it was for them it wasn't a representation yeah. of like I'm having a bad time or <laughs> right. so th- it's like I'm having a bad time in my life so you're all going to sing like Evan Asa you know what I mean <laughs> yeah it, yeah do you know what I mean though it's oh, like, I totally know Honestly, I say all the time, I feel like you can see what's happening in a director's life based on whatever show is on stage, because so rarely do directors pick really truly for the kids. It's often like a weird sort of backwards reflection of some emotion that they had when they picked the show. I feel right. like you see that a lot. So right. yeah, I'm with you on that one. And the kids bought yeah, it yeah. and they loved it. And like, and, and also that was the year where we didn't make finals because we didn't make finals at Wheaton that year. Right. But like, but, I don't think about that. I think about like all this, you know, it's just, oh, yeah. I, that, I love that. You, I, I, li- I love that that's what you mentioned though, is like your senior year and that song for that reason. That's an excellent answer. Like, do you think that there's a video of your senior year, right? On YouTube? I think so. Maybe I think so somewhere. too. I feel like I saw it the other day. Okay. So I'll put that in there if I can find it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Last question. Okay. My phone is about to die and we're about to run out of memory card because we could just okay, talk okay, for days. Okay. Um, this is a bonus round. It's fast. This is bonus round. Super fast. Well, this is an easy one to answer, I think. Um, what is your most embarrassing stage memory? Okay. I was, I was at, at Music Theater of Wichita, which is one of the best regional theaters in the country. 
And I had signed a contract. I was working with all of these amazing people. Some of them are on CSI right now. Uh, Tony Trucks is in SEAL Team. Crazy. uh, Is on on SEAL Team. And she was my my love interest in the show. And um, we were doing Footloose. And I was playing Willard, who can't dance. And I was, you know, wearing my cowboy hat and I had my jeans jeans on and all that (laughs) stuff. And I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, uh, I couldn't you know dance or anything but I was going to try and so they choreographed me in this um they choreographed me in this number of course and this was you know early 2000s and I was still in college and so I was doing this dance I had to do like toe touches and stuff blah 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 blah. had to wear a dance belt if anyone knows what a dance belt is it's like a it's like a really tight song that keeps everything contained Mm -hmm. well here I am doing my toe touches in front of an audience of 2,500 people and I like doing, I'm doing them oh, like no. in a circle, you know, and my pants explode, rip, and it's just my butt. <laughs> it's just all of Willard's butt. Just oh my everywhere. God. <laughs> and, you know, and the funny thing is, is that people thought because my character was so ridiculous, you know, and couldn't right. dance and was just kind yeah. of a goober, that it was purposeful and that it was going <laughs> to happen like every night. And so. You're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> No, 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 no. But so that, that, and probably after doing a show for like three years, I ran, I ran into a door that had been there for three <gasps> years and like cracked my head open and was bleeding Okay, that's and had to, con- and had oh. to continue doing the show. So yeah, you know, just random doors that appear out of nowhere in your life. But listen, like a mooning situation. No one has said that yet. You win for uh for the new well, and who, yes, and how many people have brought up the word dance belt on the podcast? You know <laughs> zero, what I mean? I feel zero like... percent. You are winning right now, honestly. Like, <laughs> thank you so 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 much for doing this. Um, yeah, like I said, you and I could do this a hundred million different times with a hundred million different topics, but um, I just you always have such great insight and smart things to say, and I know so many, especially young directors, where I'm going to get so much out of this. Thank you for that. Well, thank you for having me. I mean, it's been so fun.